Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another one of these. I'm Austin York. That's Tristan Rines, Dylan Reed. Thank you so much for joining us. We've had a very, very busy and I think very productive Cowboys offseason. And I wasn't with you guys last week. I added a little bit about the Brandon Cooks trade, but I wanted to get everyone's opinion while we're here. Uh, First, I think that this Cowboys offseason, at least to this point, really with maybe some minor tweaks here and there, couldn't have really gone any better. I'll start with you, Dylan. What do you think so far about what the Cowboys have done? I mean, well, for me personally, and and I know the Cowboys aren't known to make a lot of big moves in the offseason, but I have to be honest, this is probably the most impactful offseason I can remember since I graduated high school, which was 2010. So it's been a while since I've seen the Cowboys do anything of this nature. And to be honest, I think what just blows me away is how little they've given away to acquire, you know, Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah, they, they certainly have not just forked over tons of cash no. or anything. Yeah, and really hardly any assets. Because think about it, you know, both of those fifth round picks are compensatory picks they use to acquire those players. So essentially, the Cowboys have traded one six round pick to get Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. But you may get back in a compensatory next year anyway because that's exactly. when that, that's when that sixth round pick takes effect so. so it's like i mean to get that level that caliber of player for essentially almost nothing it's kind of like had i known we could do that this whole time i would have been clamoring <laughs> for it for weeks i had no idea you could get players of this quality and that's what some of the criticism for jerry jones stephen jones and the others have been hey why didn't you do this last year why didn't you do this year before why didn't you at least try to kind of sense can we get a trade for this guy or that guy? I have a little response to that. But, Tristan, what do you think so far? I mean, looking around the league, the Cowboys, you would have to say, unless I'm I'm completely wrong, probably one of the better off-seasons of most teams. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. I, I, can't, I can't get this off-season so far for the Cowboys anything less than an A. You got Pro Bowl talent into very affordable moves as far as draft compensation, like you mentioned. Um, salary cap, it's maintained very easily, and you guys still have some room to make some some good moves to get some depth signings, enough move, uh, enough salary cap, excuse me, to get some good players in the draft and be able to sign them pretty quickly. 
It's an A plus, man. I, I I'm really pleasantly surprised and happy for for y'all Cowboys fans. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> think that that's the word. Yeah, surprised, right. I, I definitely was thinking, but you know, the Cowboys have always, at least in the last eight or nine years since Will McClay came on board, have not tried to redo the team in free agency, which I think has been the pr- appropriate move. I think you go and build your team to the draft. If you feel that you're one or two players away. Maybe a little overspend in free agency, but that's what you're going to do. If you're going in free agency, you're going to overspend for guys. And we see the Chicago Bears, I think, uh, look a lot better than they did last year, but they're spending some money to do it with some linebackers that I don't necessarily know are worth it, but that's what the market is dictating right now. The market is definitely not in the favor of a wide receiver right now. It's also not in the favor of a running back. So I look at guy like DeAndre Hopkins, we get uh, some word that maybe the Arizona Cardinals would be willing to take a four or a five. I don't want to get too greedy here, but do you think the Cowboys explore that option at least? I mean, Either one of you guys? Uh, you can go ahead, Dylan. Come yeah, on. I mean, I, I certainly think they'd at least entertain it, right? I mean, why would you Why would you not? I mean, I'm sure the Cowboys have honestly been in talks with the Cardinals. I mean, to think that He's that, still in town. From yeah, if you look at his Instagram, exactly. He's, he's been hanging out in Dallas. He's been hanging around here for a while. To think that a Will McClay or a Stephen Jones hasn't even picked up the phone to contact the Cardinals, I think that's crazy. I'm sure they've had some conversations. Now, right? If you could, let's say, even get him for a four or something. I mean, obviously, he's going to cost a little bit more than our other two additions. But he is slated to make like thirty million dollars this upcoming season. So it's true. That's probably the the thing, not to cut you off too hard, but yeah. that's probably the big thing that hinges in a lot of these trade talks. That's probably why Hopkins hasn't been dealt so far. I and think that's it, true. It, but they did very well with Cooks. They got mm-hmm. the got Texans to, to, to pick up to, six. To bust mm-hmm. out six in their own uh, cap. But then they were able to re- restructure it, I guess. Same thing they would definitely be doing with D-Hop if they were bring him on the team. Yeah, you need to. The one thing that I, I do kind of get worried about with fans, and I and we're talking about greedy fans and 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 everything, is that I think that the Madden has really screwed up the average fan. I really think since you guys are both a little bit younger, you probably grew up on Madden. Madden came along when I was like in college, really mm-hmm. when it started getting popular, and it really distorted what people think. Like, oh man, I took a two and fifteen team, and I was able in Madden to win the Super Bowl five years later signing all these guys and whatever, you know, you propose a trade, five seconds, ten seconds later, it comes back with a yes or no. Same thing with a negotiating. You throw down a contract mm-hmm. if they don't want to take it, you know, five or six seconds, you Plus, know what they're going to do. Players mm-hmm. have overalls, right? That's the thing. Yeah, oh, I know this guy's 78. And, <laughs> exactly. We don't uh, have yeah. overalls. Like It's not like Dak Prescott's in 84, yeah, yeah, and he and can I, progress I to an 86 with enough wins. Like, yeah. it's a video. Like, that is the thing is that's what makes it so easy is that of course, you could put together a team in a video game where everyone is pre-rated. So but like, I think yeah. that's really what honestly sometimes is in the back of these guys' minds when they're thinking, why aren't the Cowboys doing it in a timely manner? Yeah. I saw guys getting mad at OBJ and why haven't the Cowboys done something yet with him? And it, look, this isn't, it's not on Madden. These guys have got <laughs> yeah. feelings. They're, they're, the market is dictating. They're in constant communication with people. And it's not just done over a week or some. Some people want to wait and 
wait and play things out, let things play out before they make a move. I mean, you're also dealing with things like agents, general managers. Yes. You're also dealing with, I mean, you're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. He's got a, a field of potential teams that I'm sure I've at least contacted him. The rumor mill flying around, he wants $20 million. Then him mm. responding a couple of days later, like, well, I just don't want, I don't want anything less than four. Like, there's all sorts of different things that happen behind these closed doors. Obviously, a Madden football simulator exactly. doesn't really encapsulate that, which is why as football fans like myself and probably Dylan, uh, who have played Madden growing up, I-, I wish it was a little bit more authentic in that respect. Yeah. Um, so it does get kind of boring after a couple seasons when you're elevating two and four, two and fifteen teams, excuse me, to, yeah. to Super Bowls pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, once you've won your once the Cowboys now have won the most Super Bowls, you start to think, okay. Yeah, not, okay, nah, se- six or seven wasn't enough. They won exactly. 13 Super <laughs> yeah, Bowls, and now it's time to restart and yada yada. Like, uh, But I tell you, I'm, I'm, I really see it. When you get on Twitter, and I have to unfortunately be on Twitter during most of the day, <laughs> you look at these guys and some of the, the comments that they're making, and these are people with the blue checks. Yeah. These are people that should be in the know, and they're making comments about Stephen Jones and Catboy and, and all these <laughs> kinds of things. It's like, good Lord, this is not a Madden game. This is real life, and this is actually harder to do. So that's why I think it is time that we tip our cap a little bit to Catboy and the whole front office there with Dallas to give them their due. I think that we both have talked about that they've done enough in free agency. Forget DeAndre Hopkins. That's just kind of a wish list at this point. Mm-hmm. They've done enough that now we can start thinking about the draft. And, I mean, again, I think the Cowboys, and you guys can – I'll start with you, Tristan. I think the Cowboys are in a position right now where they can do whatever they want and draft what everyone always says you should, best player available. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's only a couple of maybe positions of need that you have left. I've heard from a number of Cowboy fans are not that concerned about tight end. I, I'd say maybe if there's a good tight end there at 26, go get him. Interior defensive line, we talked about a number of times. There's still a couple of guys in the market that I'm interested in, but round one, you still have guys like Mazzy Smith who could be there from Michigan who's a really good interior presence. You can go round two, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. I mean... You've got options, and that's the best way to walk into the NFL draft. You don't want to be the guy sitting at 26 going, oh, man, well, all the, the guys we loved at cornerback are gone, our Joey Porters or our, our Banks or, or Witherspoon or whoever. Well, maybe we'll just go a little bit rich and we'll just snag the guy that we think is the best guy available. No, you, the Cowboys are in a great position. So far, they've navigated free agency at an A-plus level. I think going into this draft, they're in a very good position, like you said, to get just the best player available in their eyes. Is mm-hmm. there something that you would not like them to do in the first round? It's tough because there isn't really, right? I mean, obviously the first thing that draws to your head is a conversation we've had here a lot, a conversation that has happened in a million different water cooler kind of situations. Everyone's had this conversation with everyone who sits around here in Dallas and consumes football is, what if the Cowboys draft Bijan Robinson, right? You have to wonder, do you want that? I, Personally, I still think Bijan is such a unique talent that it wouldn't be a bad pick. It would depend on who else is there. I think the only real concern I would have about him or a Gibbs or something is that, you know, it seems like nowadays with a modern NFL running back, you get one, you get one in the first round, right? So that's a four-year contract. You can get a fifth year that'll probably be pretty reasonable. And then it seems like all the smart teams, for the most part, detach themselves at that point. So I think I would say, and my instincts are to say running back, halfback there, but there's part of me that also says, like, man, what if what if Bijan is the most talented guy on the board? Like, shouldn't I take him? And the only hesitancy I'm having is that 
after five years, is it really smart to keep your running back anymore? I don't think it really is. I mean, even a Christian McCaffrey, he's gotten moved on with. Even a Tony Pollard, we'll franchise tag him for one year. Even a, a Saquon Barkley, we'll franchise tag him for one year. The best of the best in the game are not even not, not even entertaining doing a long-term, or if they are, teams are trying to get out of them. So well, it's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, you look at the market, like I was saying, is not super. been friendly to the running back here. No. We're looking at the tag on uh, Pollard is $10 million, but mm-hmm. yet the average running back is... On the market this year, they're making something like six or I mean, something a year. Yeah, like to talk on that point, you have a guy like David Montgomery, who's a former Pro Bowl running back, yeah. who's making maybe six million dollars this year for the Lions. Jamal Williams, one of yeah, the NFL's touchdowns example. leaders, yeah. had seventeen rushing touchdowns, set a franchise record. Lions are like, yeah, I think we'll move on. It's okay. <laughs> Go enjoy <laughs> New Orleans. It's great. Uh, we're, we'll let we'll let New Orleans pay for you. And, and the Chargers, is that, is Austin Eckler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chargers, he has the most touchdowns of anybody in the last two seasons. The still, problem is, guess what? He plays running back, right? Yeah. And they're, <laughs> and they're letting about, him go. They're, yeah, letting they're, him they're go. saying, but if go he was a receiver, I mean, yeah. he'd be making twenty-eight million a year. Yes. It's crazy to me. So I think that the market and people get a little nervous about this stuff, but I think the market's starting to come back down. Where and this is why I say the market will dictate these things and it'll correct itself. D Hop is not going to probably. I mean, he's guaranteed his money, but. He is going to definitely see some restructuring of his contract, no matter where he lands. Mm-hmm. And he's also seen that there's not too many people that are jumping at the chance to go sign him. It's the same thing that, that that's happening with Lamar Jackson and others. I know he's a quarterback and all, but when you start getting greedy or you think that you can do this or that and the other, the market will dictate what happens. And so I think that we're starting to see those wide receivers. The only mar- the only time, and, and Lamar is different. The only thing that really makes a difference in these free agency, and I say it's very black and white, quarterback. Yeah. If a quarterback moves that is better than the other quarterback that was there, you might have a change. That's why I don't think the Raiders are going to be that much different this year. But who is going to be very different? The Jets. They're going to be a better team. We're waiting. Uh, to them officially be better this year. I yeah, mean, yeah. That, that's still It'll a, happen. It'll break everywhere the, eventually. He figured it out in the darkness. Aaron Rodgers yeah. will, will definitely come to the light and see exactly that he the only option he's got is New York Jets, and I don't think he's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of the Jets, our former running back, it was here that was a very, uh, I think, kind of uh, one of the reasons the Cowboys did have an A-plus offseason was because they got rid of Ezekiel Elliott. Not that I have anything against the guy, 
Uh, but he has been rumored to go down to three teams or, or be willing to pick from three teams, Cincinnati, the New York Jets, and the hated Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, when I heard that one, I was a little that, – that kind of raised my eyebrows a bit. I'm like, why in the world would Philadelphia go and, – and that's really just to stick it to the Cowboys. Where do you think Zeke ends up, uh, Tristan? I mean, what do you think – out of those teams, where do you think is the best fit? Or is there another team you think – that's just that's the this is the best team for him, and he'll so, eventually go. So there. let me try to enter Ezekiel Elliott's headspace here. Mm-hmm. In my if 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 I'm Ezekiel Elliott, might be some fog in there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> who, who knows? But let me do my best. You're going to a team that potentially could get you a Super Bowl ring. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the whole idea that's at this goal. point. You've been in the NFL for seven years. I mean, you've you've pretty much done everything you can at Dallas. You you built up a good name for yourself for the most part. He's one of the better running backs, at least the last decade. You're going for a ring at this point. Now, do I think the Eagles are a very talented football team? Sure, I think they're a great team. And you could stick it to Dallas for letting you walk and all that good stuff. You know, there's the ego behind that. The Jets, kind of an up-in-the-air situation. As a resident Patriots fan on this podcast, I have watched the Jets go from being a team that were always really bad to, oh, man, they should be really good this year, and still being bad. So I don't know that I have that much faith. I know if they get Rodgers officially, that maybe could turn that tide a bit. But I don't know. If I'm Zeke, I'm going Bengals, man. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, that team is... Not only two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, but Joe Burrow's easily, if he's not the best, obviously Mahomes, I think he's the second best quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. And of those three teams, would Philadelphia suit him best just to put him on the two-yard line and just let him run it in against I mean, America's team, his former team? Would I, would I personally put it past an organization like Philadelphia to acquire Zeke solely in spite of Dallas? No. Uh, the Eagles are the most uh, spiteful organization in the NFL. I've said it Many times I do believe it, and it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan. A Patriots fan here can back it up. Granny, you're maybe a little bit uh, skewed because of the Super Bowl thing. But we can oh, all I agree. wasn't even thinking about it, but I appreciate you reminding me. <laughs> we <Yeah>. can all agree <laughs> that the Philadelphia Eagles are the villains of the NFL. They are. They're the heels of the NFL. I mean, last year, right, they robbed the kettle, right? That's what villains do. They're, they're the villains. So do I put it? No, of course I don't. I don't put past... I don't really put anything past the Eagles, to be totally honest. But where would be the best? I I don't think the Eagles would be the best fit for him. And here's why I think that. Because Zeke would mainly get used in a short yardage situation, maybe a goal line situation. And Philadelphia is like a few other teams in the NFL that their number one goal line running option is their quarterback. So why would you get a guy who's going to be your situational short yardage, touchdown, you know, second and goal kind of situation guy if you've already got your quarterback literally doing that. Not a good fit there. I totally agree. Bengals are the best choice there. Jets, yeah, didn't you they just know. get rid of uh, some RGP Ryan? Yes. Or, uh, yes. So, yes. Yeah, he just signed with the Broncos. A good little uh, pickup right there for the if, if Zeke wanted to go and kind of yeah. take his role. Now, he wouldn't be probably used as much as even P. Ryan was, I don't think. Yeah, I'd say so. They could, of, they could the play a similar capacity, though. I mean, Zeke, Zeke can play in the passing game as well. So, I mean, him and Mixon, I, I could see that that duo working in the backfield for Cincy. And I wanted to ask this concerning Zeke, and we had a, a little bit of a conversation on this off air. What do you think of Zeke? What is his legacy in Dallas? When you heard him leave, I think all of us were saying, okay, that needed to happen. But do you have fond memories of him, negative memories of him, <laughs> Do you think he should be, let's say, in the Cowboys ring of honor, things like that? I know that's a far off, yeah. but where would you hold Ezekiel Elliott in the pantheon of Cowboys players? Uh, well, for me, 
it's weird because his numbers indicate that he belongs in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, He's right the behind Dorsett and, and Emmett Smith. Yeah, and those are two Ring of Honor members. So you would, and there's guys un, underneath him on that list that are in the Ring of Honor. So he kind of like fits the mold of a Ring of Honor member in two ways. One, he has the numbers to back it up. Two, Jerry Jones loves them. That is the most important criteria to get into the Ring of Honor. See Jimmy Johnson. But this is Dylan Reed now. Yeah. Now, where do you, in your heart, were you a little sad to see him go? What was your immediate reaction when it was finally done? I was, strangely enough, it was almost like when one of your best friends is in a toxic relationship and they get out of it. Yeah, that's kind of how, how I felt about it, just to be totally honest, because when Zeke was here, we had a toxic relationship with him. And by we... I mean Jerry Jones specifically. He was enamored by him. It was very clear that, it, and I know that Mike McCarthy has his own autonomy, but it's very clear that from higher up, he was demanding that Zeke still be a part of the offense. Remember last season, Tony Pollard starts the whole game. Zeke is out. 150 yards, three touchdowns on like 16-some-odd carries, right? Jerry Jones right after the game, quote, we go Zeke, as he goes. <laughs> it, it, it was Zeke is the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the old Reggie Jackson from back in the day. That's the that's how enamored he was with Zeke. So I think that we had to break up with him. Me personally, a few years ago, I didn't like the guy. It, and this is and I'm I mean I'm probably wrong for this. I shouldn't. I I, I was a total jackass. My early twenties too, <laughs> but I definitely judged early Zeke. I mean, well, yeah, if he was immature off the field, and that yeah. was costing the team. He got suspended six games, whether you mm -hmm. believe in that suspension or not. He hurt the team. And, and and to me, the things that really stuck out to me were Zeke's behavior even beyond that one suspension. I mean, it's the it's the DJ he punched out. It's the yeah. girl's top he ripped down at a uh, St. Patrick's Day. I mean, come on, don't do that in front of Dirk. My thing is that. I got to watch Zeke grow as a human. So right now my feelings are on Zeke is that I appreciate what he did. I think his numbers are a little inflated. I know he's going to get in the ring of honor. That's cool with me. And overall, I think that over the last three some odd years, he's kind of really hampered my team. So it's a really weird feeling that I have where I'm like, loved you when you were great. You kind of screwed my team over, with, which not his fault, not his fault. He is the perfect example to me of the guy that got his contract and then his yes. performance went to hell yes. because that's exactly what happened. I mean, for the first three years, he was the best running back in the NFL, or at least one of them. His, his first, his rookie season, absolutely. His second and third, you can make a debate, but he's still top two or three. Mm -hmm. Got his money, held out, got his money. Good for him. That's not his fault. I mean, you, you take a shot and, yeah. and the team signed it. But after that, his performance dwindled each year. He had problems with injuries. He grew up during that time, but he, he definitely wasn't the, core, uh, the running back that we needed him to be. And thank God Dak progressed as a quarterback in that time to make up for that. But the first three years, this was a run-heavy offense, and we really ran him into the ground. Yeah. And it was, I think, noticeable by everyone that he just does not have the step that he used to. What is your... And you can non, be as non, as... non Cowboys fan yeah. opinion yeah, on this whole I, subject. I, I mean, <sighs> is it? Do you find him to be just another running back, or do you think you know a Todd Gurley so, or somebody like, or was he special? Well, I, I have a I have an affinity for Todd Gurley. Uh, that's just a personal thing. But 
Ezekiel Elliott was, yes, one of the best running backs in football for at least three, maybe even four years. I mean, that's undeniable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, off the field issues aside, what he gave the Cowboys on the field was nothing short of probably everything he could. I mean, they had some of the best offensive lines. He performed incredibly well uh, when those lines were healthy and at their best. So as a player, I mean, he was he was as best as he possibly could be. I mean, you, as an athlete, you get paid, you get paid, man. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the business side of things. Happy for you as a player, friendly guy. I'm like, hey, look, man, go get your money. It's a business. At the end of the day, they will cut you if they can. And I think that that's a part of it where some yeah. people hold a grudge against him because he did get his money, and yeah. that's not his fault. That's exactly that's, what it's the, the business. It just exactly. that's the, Cowboys the way it goes. It to whether you're the dotted line, yeah, whether you're Ezekiel Elliott, whether you're you know, uh, whether you're the third string quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, whether yeah. you're it doesn't matter. Whether you're the kicker for the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Gay getting four years, twenty two yeah. million dollars. He know got why. the bag for sure. He this got a year. huge bag for being good a good, for him, and he's a good man. kicker. Good for him. At the end of the day, as a player, you got to make your money. Yeah. Um, is he a Ring of Honor guy? I mean, yeah, he probably will end up in the Ring yeah. of Honor. I, I think what will dictate that, that we haven't really addressed, is what he does post-Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe not on the performance side, but how do you represent the time that you were a Cowboy with other organizations? Do you mm-hmm. become bitter? Oh, man, you know, Dallas treated me so unfo- un- unfairly, and I-, I hated my entire experience there. Like, that's a pretty quick way of not becoming a Ring of Honor member. Yeah, that's so, probably a good point. A, I didn't think of it because it's, it's true. exactly other it's true. guys have gone. Emmett Smith went somewhere else. Tony Dorsett yeah. went somewhere mm-hmm. else. Both of them, uh, I think Emmett Smith uh, very famously came back to Dallas and got destroyed as a member of the yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Tony Dorsett went to Denver and he just ended his career a couple of years after he went there. But I think that's very telling. If he does go to the Philadelphia Eagles and sticks it to the Cowboys a few times and says, yeah. That does hurt your ring of honor chances. Jerry will remember that. It's how, how do you handle that with grace, so to speak? I mean, yeah. that's people are always going to remember Ezekiel Elliott as a Cowboy, unless mm-hmm. he does something, some crazy phenomenal career comeback kind of move that nobody in NFL history that I can think of has ever done. All right, and we got to switch real quickly here to some other topics. There is a few more free agents out there. We were talking about defensive tackle especially on the interior there, the Cowboys trying to shore up that run defense. Uh, that's been a problem for them in the last. They got Jonathan Hankins last year. He appears, from what I'm hearing, to, to just want to hold bit, yeah. out for a while to see exactly what he can get and maybe make the Cowboys sweat or whoever else sweat. Uh, are there any other free agents out there that are still available? I, maybe a Bobby Wagner maybe still out there? Or is that a pipe dream? Who, who are you looking at that you're saying the Cowboys could probably shore up their team even more if they sign this guy? Firstly, I mean, defensive tackle has been the, the topic of conversation for a lot of these. I mean, re-signing Leighton Van Der Esch, and I think the Cowboys may end up going linebacker at some level in the draft. I don't know that they're going to go for Bobby, will, yeah. just mm-hmm. to be completely honest. They made two big splash moves. I'd be shocked if they were able to pull off a third, uh, just the way the NFL is sometimes. But defensive tackle, now, I know he's older. But I think he's still got maybe another season of at least, let's see what we can get out of him. Uh, Calais Campbell. Yeah, he's still on the market. Talk about this earlier in the week. Yeah, off air, yeah. 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 he's still on the market. He's he's still getting $2.4 million from the Ravens, whether he plays for a team or not. So, I mean, use that to your advantage. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you've got a guy that's a former All-Pro Pro Bowler. Last season put up five and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, playing just 54% of the snaps for those Baltimore Ravens. You're trying to shore up the interior. I mean, a one-year, maybe like a four-ish million-dollar contract. I could see that working out well for the Cowboys. Or let's say you go younger by almost a decade, respectfully. Uh, Puna Ford from Seattle, another really good player. Uh, He had six TFLs last year, three sacks, 55% of the snaps for the Seahawks last year, and another similar-ish deal. You could probably get him one year for maybe $5 million. So 
that's just a couple of options that I noticed on the market. I was like, hey, these guys yeah. would look great with the Dallas Cowboys star in their helmet. Yeah, so you're definitely kind of targeting right now the defense, the def- defensive tackle. Basically. It's just, yeah. That's yeah, the, the biggest whole left. area of need, I think. And is that is that the, the mm-hmm. biggest, is that who you're uh, focusing on, the Campbell? Yeah, Calais Campbell I like a lot. Um, I also, uh, you know, a Linvald Joseph, but that's an old guy too, you know, so it's like, I like the idea of bringing in an older guy at that position. Most of the time, you don't like the idea of signing a guy past the age of 33 or 34 or whatever. But I really like that idea because I'm fairly confident the Cowboys are going to be taking an interior defensive tackle within the first three rounds. I mean, quite frankly, what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to take that uh, defensive tackle out of uh, Baylor in the second round. I can't remember his name. He's Hawaiian in origin, but... He's one. He's one of the. There's there's a big drop off after him. Mm-hmm. He was a part of the Cowboys interview process. He's come back multiple times. I've got a little inkling that that might be a player they select, and I love the idea of having a veteran who that player can learn from. Whether it be uh, the Baylor player or another player defensive tackle, I think they're going to get one in the first three rounds. And I like the idea of a really talented vet kind of shepherding them along. And a Calais Campbell. Fits that enormously. I mean, first of all, the dude's an absolute giant. He's yeah. six foot seven, three hundred twenty <laughs> some odd pounds. He's an absolute brick house, I and mean, he's a monster. So getting to learn under that, and like Tristan said, like he actually was pretty productive last year for the limited amount of snaps he would take. I'm not saying you don't bring him and Jonathan Hankins in, because I'm saying you bring them both in. Yeah, you've still got sixteen million dollars on this cap. You'll need about twelve some odd to go into, maybe ten some odd to go into the draft with. You've got a little bit more if you want to. Squeeze the lemon here. I would like bringing in two vets, Hankin being a vet, two turning 30 this year. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to ask him, uh, and I, I, I got away from this, what position or what kind of pick if the Cowboys, now I know you're not a huge fan, but let's say the Cowboys make this pick, whatever it is in the first round, what would you go, what the heck were they thinking? What position would you be a little bit scratching your head at? Right now, yeah. I would probably say corner in round one. Now they've yeah. got Stephon Gilmore. Now they've got Trayvon Diggs. It looks like they're they're pretty confident in their safeties with uh, Curse and Lewis. I'd be kind of surprised if they went uh, defensive back in round one, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty—I think that they, they definitely could put that back. And there's it seems to be a cornerback-rich draft. Yeah. I, yes. I'm not totally could, certain on that. I could see Eli Ricks out of Bama in round two, and I'd still love that pick. Yeah, I mean, and, and so I think the Cowboys, to me— I'm almost dead certain, and unless I'm way off here, I'm almost dead certain the Cowboys are gonna go offense on the first in the first round in some type of playmaker. And I know that whether that is a running back, whether that is a tight end, whether that is a wide receiver, I think that that's what they're going to do if they don't make another kind of signing in the in the in the off season here before that happens. If somehow they are able to land a Hopkins or. Maybe they make another trade and get a damn Allen Robinson or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be, be nice great. Too. You know, something like that, if they pull a surprise, I think that they're going to go offense in the first round. And I, I wouldn't also be surprised. The only other offensive player is, is someone on the line. I think the line um, is always something they're trying to shore up, especially with when you have Tyron Smith that he appears gonna, he's going to be the left guard, maybe your left tackle, not sure. you got Tyler Smith on that side. Uh, I definitely think they're going to want a little bit of guard help. Uh, so they might go that route in the first round, and that would be awesome if they did because they really need a little bit more pass protection, in my opinion. 
uh, going into next season. Is there one name, though, that you could say in this draft upcoming, God, uh, I just kind of like this kid. I'd love it if they got him. I know that you had you've thrown some mm-hmm. few names out there, but if there if there's one that you're just like God, I'd like to have that guy on my team. Uh, well, for well, for me, for you, uh, whatever it is, it's a it's a name that I think uh, 32 other fan bases would also like to have on their team. It's probably going to be the best player in this draft because you know how drafts go. You take quarterbacks up here, maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't be, and then eventually when you when you get done taking quarterbacks. The non-quarterback desperate team grabs that best player. I believe that best player this year, and I sound kind of hypocritical because I was complaining about Zeke's off-the-field issues, and now I'm going to come on here and say that I like Jalen Carter with the Carter, Nicholas yeah. draft, so I know. That, <laughs> and, you know but I, I really do feel that way. And we were talking about needs, defensive tackle. He's a defensive yeah, tackle. Yeah. He's a generational defensive tackle. Look, if tackle. he's there at 26, I don't care what. No, <laughs> exactly. no, no he ain't going to be there at 26. <laughs> You'd have to trade multiple. I, in, in my first iteration of my mock draft, I actually have us trading our first two picks away and a fifth next year just to go up to five and take that. That's Seattle's pick at number five. It's loony, silly. It's kind of madness, to be honest. <laughs> but if you're asking, like, take the name. Here are all the names. You have to choose one, and the Cowboys make it happen no matter what. I really don't like your first and second round picks and a fifth next year. I mean, to me, if you can get a guy in here who can be as impactful as he's going, as he's being projected to be, and now I've got Micah Parsons and Sam Williams and Tank Lawrence and Jalen Carter. I mean, uh, Dante Fowler, who got six sacks for us last year. I mean, it's just that combined with a bolstered-up secondary with Gilmore out there. I mean, they uh, say defense wins championships. That's how, wanna, that's how you want to. That's how you win a Super championship. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is how you win a Super Bowl. Is there a name that you're thinking of? And, and maybe it's. I don't necessarily know if it, like that one is never going to be no pipe dream. But that'd be crazy. is there someone maybe in your head that's a little bit more? Well, that could be a possibility with the Cowboys, or <laughs> you think might be a good pick. So just a guy I love in general. Um, that as a Patriots fan, I'd be over the moon if the Patriots drafted him and would probably reasonably be there. Uh, for the Cowboys, he could still very well be there. Um, I I really like Zay Flowers. Uh, checking mm-hmm. out his film, man. I, I've talked about him you on a previous podcast. I just I see shades of not crazy Antonio Brown. Like I I see <laughs> shades of a guy crazy who can make Antonio Brown. Yeah, like I see shades of a guy that can make incredible plays on the outside and and at a time where wide wide receiver is so important, I'm I just love what I watch on his film for him. Like I see him being a very good gadget guy for whatever offense he lands on. Uh I just I, I think no matter what team he goes on, as long as they have like some kind of offensive forward mindset, he's gonna be dynamic and he's gonna be a really special weapon. For me, and I, I think I mentioned this to you, and, and I don't know if it would be interesting if the Cowboys would actually go for him in the first round. It's Darnell Washington, that tight end out mm-hmm. of Georgia. Dude's 6'7", and He's a freak huge. athlete. And, I mean, you've you got a pretty good blocker there. You've got a guy that can come off the block that, that has got great speed. I can't remember but his, his 40 speed, but he ran a pretty impressive 40. And uh, so you've got a guy that can stretch the field a bit here. I know that everyone's looking at that uh, Kincaid guy out of, out of Utah, but you know I could see a guy like that being someone that the Cowboys, if you get a, a tight end that could take advantage of a safety or could accompany a safety, that opens up so much. You want to talk about what Cooks could do on a slant route or what CD could do 
And then, you know, Tony Pollard, if, if now a safety has got to be taken up by uh, Darnell Washington or a tight end like that, I would say Darnell Washington would be the guy. Boy, this offense, you've got all kinds, especially West mm-hmm. Coast when everything's timing. My God, you would really open up quite a bit. So I'd like to see the Cowboys do something with him. That would be the guy I'd really like to see. I would also, on, on a lesser note, I would like to see the Cowboys get a a quarterback, and I don't mm-hmm. know for certain if oh, I. You're not. You're not feeling Cooper Rush is the backup again. Come on. <laughs> no, they're definitely gonna. They're, they're <laughs> def- to me, they're gonna dry, uh, draft a guy. I just no, no. It'll be the third string. I, I think Duggan could be yeah, that guy. That's what I'm thinking I, I, too. I really, I really do. I, or, Hometown if, kid. If Bennett's available, but I'm hearing some interesting things about him that he's not. You know, maybe he's a little loony and he's a little older. Uh, I, I would say the safe bet would be Duggan. And uh, that, that those two guys are the ones that, that come up uh, to mind. Well, we're running out of time for this week's show. The next couple of weeks, we're going to dive a little bit more into the draft and actually bring up some names. We'll do some mocks to see exactly what we think is going to happen when it comes to draft time April 27th. But until then, have a great one. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.